This is getting out of hand. Now there are two of them. Where's your innovation, huh? Sequels suck. Do the same thing. Everyone's happy. It's all about money, boys! Here we go again. Hey guys, and welcome to this uh, special impromptu franchise fatigue mini-sode. This is a show where you normally talk about film series one movie at a time, uh, but since I am down here in person in Texas with you, James, uh, we're going to do a special episode on a movie that you forced me to watch. Mm-hmm. Which is? Uh, this is the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes, it is. Um, so I'm your host, Gabe Grade, and here's in person is my co-host, James Hamrick. We're trying to get as many recordings <laughs> in as possible while I'm down here. So, yes, this movie, <laughs> which I'm pretty sure I've sworn at least two or three times on the podcast that I would never watch. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he tied me to a chair and forced me to watch it, um, and now I hate him. And we're, we're, just, we're just quitting the podcast at this. We can't go on. say, this is our swan song. <laughs> what, a, what a fitting episode. Yeah. Um, so t- t- tell me, what it is about this film that you love so much, and why did you force me to watch it? And why are you a terrible person? Uh, okay, so to answer all of that, uh, so I, as I've brought up several times over the course of the podcast, I love horror movies. I love being super scared in horror movies. Uh, I love well-done horror movies. Um, and this one is one of the most, like, pure assault on the senses, like, sensory overload kind of relentless horror and like if one of the things that i appreciate horror is that it's just it's able to evoke such such a tangible react like i i react in a way that is just so immediate and visceral and there are only a handful of movies in the genre that get that from me like horror done right it just gets such a strong response from me. Um, and this one does that more than most. Like when this gets going, you just feel transported into like just this world of pure unstoppable terror that goes on for like 40 minutes. And it's just, it's insane. Like it's, it's also beyond just how scary it is for me it's just incredibly well made, which I think contributes to why it is like as scary and affecting for me as it is. But like, I I love a lot of dumb slashers and dumb horror movies, but it's, it's I like that I can really enjoy this one in addition to just getting scared, but just like as a film, like the technical aspects of it are really well done. Uh, the tone is just, insane and incredible and they're able to maintain this tone from the whole like the whole hour and 20 minutes it's just i just love it <laughs> yeah um so yeah it's everything you said is is pretty true it i did i did find it is an incredibly effective film there, there is it it reaches a level of just psychological terror and then just maintains that at it's the absolute height for as you said like 40 minutes straight and it's unrelenting and it's I guess it's one of those things where I I just don't know how they did it because I know a lot of horror films that try to do this 
and they, you eventually just lose your edge, and it's just a girl running through the woods behind a guy, and you know, and the guy's chasing her, and she's screaming, and it just you, you kind of like, okay, like wrap it up, <laughs> we got the point. And I don't, I'm not entirely sure how this one manages. Just nope, you know, like it keeps you on that edge of adrenaline for the entire time. She's just you know running, screaming, being chased or tied to a table, and it's just it keeps it stays at that fever pitch for so long, and it doesn't either. It doesn't like break into unintentional comedy or just become boring and monotonous or just annoying. It just it works somehow. And uh, yeah, it's disturbing. And I, I guess for just to get into my tastes, I, I, it was exactly what I expected, and I never really want to watch it again. It's like, it, like for you, you you enjoy that sensation. I'm like, no, it's scary. <laughs> I don't like being scared. Our bodies weren't meant for that. You know, real life is scary enough. I don't know. For so for me, like I, I acknowledge and can praise all of the you know, the technical genius that took it that took to create something that is this viscerally disturbing there's i was just like sitting there like what is there, there's there's so many images and sounds and things done you know by people and to people that are so we talked about like sort of uh with um with the exorcism the things that are, are just so transgressive they just get under your skin well that's this movie like where it's like we spent the entire uh runtime of the exorcism of the exorcist in the room with uh linda blair uh and, you know on the ceiling it's just if it was the, that the, the scariest moment of that film that's the entire last 45 minutes of this movie and it's it's unpleasant <laughs> and that that's the thing is it is so unpleasant and disturbing and demented and I, I mean, I don't know why that's so appealing to me, but I like this has genuinely become one of my favorites. Uh, and I think part of what makes the, like, whenever it gets going, why it's able to work so well is, like, what, there's a lot of variety in what happens. Like, it's not, like, there's a lot of chasing, but then, like, we're in the house and different things, like, and then we're at the gas station and different... And there's, there's an old dead guy who isn't dead. Yeah, like... There's always this new level, and it's like there's like darkly comedic moments that make it even worse. Like, like them getting home, like look what your brother did to the door, and he's like chasing them around, and then like the sucking on the finger is just like the old man doing a weird little dance as he sucks on the finger, and and then like just them, them be like, oh, grandpa's the best around. Ain't nobody ever killed like him, and like he can't grip the hammer, and it's just con- like it's so many things you're just thinking like what is this what is happening why am i so disturbed by all of this and and i, I put i just wrote a, a quick review like just of my immediate thoughts on this rewatch on letterboxd and one of the things i've, I've said in it was just it's rare where like in a, in a horror film where the editing is so instrumental in the horror like whenever she's strapped to the chair Especially at the table in this era like where editing was often a huge weakness of these films. Yeah, it, this is it's just like the style and the cutting, like that is where so much of the horror and the terror is derived. Like while she's tied up, and we're just we're cutting to all different kinds of angles of her face. So like you don't, you just shouldn't put a camera 
at this angle up this close to a human person and like seeing the eye from like the side and all of the blood vessels and like the way they're like this the film's score is essentially just like rusty metal clacking together and like this wrenches tightening screws and stuff and we're, we're cutting between all of these different angles of her and like the other characters mocking her and all we've got is like this weird screeching sounds and like like all of these horrible noises drowning out just screams of terror and screams of mocking and it's just it's such an, an uncomfortable crazy place to be sitting in and to sit there for that long yeah it's just it doesn't let up and you don't at least for me like yeah i, d I don't ever feel like oh, okay let's let's we like it was scary you did your job but let's get moving and it's part of that terror i think is just because this the family like, there's nothing relatable about them like, on every level like they look like people <laughs> and they have they have you know, they clearly have a culture they have, this is their life but there's no absolutely no level where you can like, relate to them as human and so they're just doing all of these horrible, ridiculous, crazy things. And it's, and it's just like looking into hell or insanity. And there's no, I feel you, you could normally take, I don't know, it's, it's, it's not the same as, I guess you're looking at like the first Halloween, there was a bit of that where he's just like, I looked into his eyes and I saw pure evil. But it, it, it gets, I think it takes that idea of like, they look, it looks like a person, but there's, not there's nothing we can relate to between between you know our, our, the main character and these things that are doing things to her, and I think it just makes it all the more scary. Because I feel like with a human villain, even if they're absolutely evil, like a real actual human person, uh, it it takes it, it. You can still feel. I don't know. I don't even know what, what I'm trying to say, but they they are just so crazy and so over the top and so just different and wrong yeah. yeah whenever it ended uh we watched it with a friend quentin and i, I just asked y'all i was like what what family member is the freakiest to y'all and for me it's it's like i get it i think it's the father of leatherface and the other guy they pick up at the beginning they don't really specify we know that they're brothers and that that's grandpa i don't think i don't know if he's their brother or their father i think it's the father um but he, as a character, is just a level of disturbing that I don't know if I've found in another film. And it's just how bipolar he is. Like, where, like, it's this constant, he's trying to present himself as, like, some sort of voice of reason. But there's absolutely no reason or method to any of his madness. Like, he's got her tied up in the truck, and he's just smacking her with this broom while saying like i hope you're not too uncomfortable down there as he's like just laughing up a storm smacking the crap out of her and then when they're she's tied up with the chair and they're all howling and mocking her and he's laughing up a storm again and then he stops and he's like well there's no reason to torture the poor girl I, i'm just not one for killing i don't have a stomach for it. it's like there's like you, whenever she's trying to reason with him, she's like, "Please, I'll do anything you want. Please stop." And it's just, oh, like uh, there, there's just there. Nothing can be done for it. I'm sorry. It's like there's, there is nothing to reason with. There's a thing that thinks in its own head that maybe it's a it's a person, but it's just it is, it's a chaotic nothing human in it that's masquerading as 
I don't know. It's uh, the whole family is horrific, but I feel like the the real psychological horror is really found in him. Yeah. If I had if I had one ish critique, I guess for it, it'd be kind of the same problem that I have with ninety percent of this era slashers is that the people are just kind of placeholders, and so we spend the first half hour with them, and they're just doing like the, the what feels like entirely um, improvised dialogue, just. And it, it just kind of feels like a waste of time for me. Like, I don't care or like or have any more connection to you after having spent a half hour with you than I did before. So it's like, for me, like, you could have the movie start with, a, you know, immediately as soon as the horror starts, you could start the movie there and, like, nothing would be lost. So it, 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 I do wish, like, it, and this is kind of a genre-wide problem, where I feel like if they just put a couple seconds of thought into these people, and I will say in this favor that the acting is it's not amazing, but it's stronger than a lot of the, you know your Friday the Thirteenth type sequels. But it was just like I I, I just it felt like it was kind of wasting my time. Like there there are there are there are scenes like there's really horrific scene here, really horrific image. The scene with the guy in the van is horrifying but like outside of that every time they're just kind of standing around improvising saying words but i don't care just to... yeah. yeah for me that's that's not like that's something i actually like about it. like i i like that nobody it doesn't nothing looks like a script and nothing looks like an arc and nobody look like it's just so unmovie it feels like somebody just hit a camera and like took the what was the not only like let's not just look at this massacre, but what what are the thirty minutes preceding this? And it just it feels because of how uncinematic it all is, outside of like really strong cinematography. Uh, yeah, it looks good. It I because of how mundane and normal everybody is, and like just read like oh let's read this magazine on astrology. We're just talking about this night, like just. Regular things, just talking like random people mid several hour trip talk, complaining about heat. It's but road trips are boring. So <laughs> that's and I think because like what changes to me if you start it just whenever things get going is it loses like the the terror a large a large portion of the terror to me comes from how like. I don't know. It it doesn't feel like a movie. It just feels like, hey, these are rando, horrific people doing terrible things to these people. And if you convince me that this was a regular road trip, and like we just spend like twenty something minutes with them before we really get there, and I'm like, oh no, I'm I'm bought into the reality of this world now. So now, whenever like we're just torturing these people, it's it it gets that much more. I don't know violent and affecting mm-hmm. it is effective i guess the the last thing that i would say about it is what i find uh like very unique with this film uh especially within like the the larger context of the slasher which i wasn't you know wasn't as nearly as established at that point you know, this is pre-halloween so it's we really didn't have a name for what this is going to be at that point. Um, 
but all of the like a lot of these other franchises they're built off of uh a like a single killer and that this happens to this franchise you know you've got sequels just called Leatherface or whatever but I think what also makes this one really freaky is that what surprised me is like there, there's an emphasis on the family not just on Leatherface like it's this whole group of people who somehow like you said have their culture they they live day to day they've got a house that they go to bed in it's it's this whole family of horrific people and it's it's different from what would come mm. oh also uh this probably has my favorite opening and closing shots of any horror movie like opening oh, that opening shot is so freaking gross <laughs> like so i guess technically the opening shot is you know the like well you've got the crawl and then you've got the camera flashes and this horrible screeches as the light like slowly fades from these bones being desecrated but like the initial shot of just this corpse that's been dug up and made into some sort of sick monument and the slow pan out with the like it feels like something out of hannibal the show whereas you've just got this weird art piece made out of human uh, and then, of course, just the last shot, like the flailing around with the chainsaw in front of the sunset and then the cut to black. It's just it's so abrupt and shocking and mm, just perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So uh, to wrap up, uh, what, what, do you, what would your final thoughts be and what do you give us out of five stars? Uh, so looking at like the the slashers and just like this kind of horror movie from the 70s through 80s, and I guess, I guess 90s uh this is my favorite it's uh-huh. it's the one that is just it's the most horrific and like so i i really love like i i like uh like ho- action horror horror comedy like m- just more thrillers and stuff but my favorites are are the ones that really do get under my skin and like just actually like the ones that live up to the horror in the title and this more than any of the other ones does that for me. It's just I'm even rewatching it for like the fourth time. I'm just sitting in my chair, like gripping the armrest. Uh, as yeah, it's just, it's beautiful look to look at. It's absolutely horrific for an incredibly long amount of time. And it's just, it feels very artfully done. So yeah, I I really love it. Yeah. So for for me, just my personal tastes and priorities in film, like. I like the movies that I gravitate towards are the ones that do several things like 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 The Exorcist, where you know you have the horror, you and you have the family drama, you have the intellectual and, and theological themes, and th- this movie has it'll you know <laughs> it'll screw you up real bad, and that like it, like it'll disturb you, and yeah, and it'll disturb you <laughs> like like that's kind of that's pretty much what it offers, and for me like I, that's. On the list of like a uh, like drama, excitement, fun, being freaked out is kind of on, lower on the scale of the things I value out of cinema. So like it, I I I give so yeah I give it three and a half stars. I very much I appreciate its artistry, just cinematography, editing, sound design, some of the performances, just the way it's built is incredible. But in the end of the day, what I'm looking at is like what value does it bring to me as a you know as someone who appreciates movies it's like well it freaked me out but uh it, like it doesn't i i like the movies that i'm going to value really highly are the ones who can freak me out but also give me give me the feels give me the fun like give me give me something give me some, give me some something to think about and chew on where 
I'm not left with all like after it's over. It's like oh, that was really it's like a roller coaster. It was, it was really intense, but I'm not going to be thinking or feeling much about it afterwards. So for me, this is this is one of my five star horror films. I I, I think what. Like, it's hard to argue with the fact that what this film is, is like, it, it is there to elicit just an absolute response of pure terror. Which is like, like what I said earlier, it's the, the film is just an assault on the senses. It is, it just gets into you in a really creepy way. And I think what, why I'm able to enjoy this film the way I do, despite that being what it does, is because it feels like it's, it goes way beyond just we really scared you for an hour and a half into like it's really really <laughs> we scared it, you for an hour and a half. It feels like the fear it taps into just by the end of it feels so primal. Like there's just something so human about this kind of fear, like the fear of something completely other. And like that's what I end up thinking about. It's like why why am I this scared? Why is this so disturbing to me? Why am I so uncomfortable? What feels so other? Like when you're making this film, I feel like there's so many decisions where you, you make the wrong decision on any of these aspects and you you ruin something. But there's this, there's just this, this film has an understanding of what, like just on a deep human level what scares the crap out of us and why we fear this and because of because of that just like it is a non-stop like just every everything is tailored to elicit pure fear like it takes an incredible amount i think of, of artistry and technical like mastery to be able to do that and so yeah i don't know it's it's pretty perfect to me especially for for this experiment of pure terror that the movie is all right so that was our quick review of the texas chance is it is there a the yeah it's the, this texas, one's chance, yeah. the texas chainsaw massacre um i hope you enjoyed it if you did again i'd ask you to please uh, take a moment to head over to itunes and leave us a rating review and subscribe while you're at it you can like us on facebook at franchisespeakpodcast.com you can follow us on twitter and instagram at franchisedpod and if you want to find all of all our other episodes, you can go to franchisefeedpodcast.com. And where can people follow you, James? Uh, you can follow me over on Letterboxd as JL Hamry. It's J-L-H-A-M-R-I. You can also follow both of us over on the Outer Rim, a Star Wars group. We are admins over there. Um, I think we've got like over 4,000 members there now. Um, and we, we've, we're going to have a lot of conversation coming up with The Mandalorian Season 2 dropping. So if you are still in the Star Wars mood and you want to talk about it, join us over there. And I'm also on Letterboxd, and there's Gabriel Green. You can find me on Instagram as Gabe the Great Green, and I have a YouTube channel called Green and One, where I put together these movie-based music videos and trailer mashups. All right, so I think next episode will be on the Born Legacy. Um, we did not plan to have this this, this recording, so I'm not entirely sure where to fall, but I'm pretty sure the next one will be on the Born Legacy. So until next week, we will see you back in the world of franchises. Bye.